Welcome to the Enhance My App Podcast, where you can hear the latest and greatest tips and tricks on how to improve your mobile app. On this episode of the podcast, Enhance Community Manager Brian Friedrich interviews his wife, Anya Combs, Senior Games Outreach at Kickstarter, about how you can kickstart your game. The conversation opens up with Anya explaining what exactly Kickstarter is and how it works. Kickstarter is a crowdfunding platform for creative people. Um, our sort of mission is to bring creative projects to life. We are uh, the biggest crowdfunding platform for games, which is pretty exciting. Um, we're also a PBC, which means that 5% of our, uh, I think our net profits, I'll have to double check that, is donated to uh, nonprofit organizations, typically in like music and the arts. So it makes it pretty easy to go to work every day. Uh, games is one of the biggest, if not the biggest category on Kickstarter. There are 15 categories in total. So having being part of the biggest category on Kickstarter is really intense and amazing and fun. So a lot of what I do is uh, talking to game creators, um, a lot of campaign strategy, and a fair amount of travel, as my lovely husband can, <laughs> can confirm. When thinking about crowdfunding your game, what are the best things to get noticed on Kickstarter? Where should you begin? So one of the things that uh, I have to tell a lot of creators is uh, the days of just putting your game onto Kickstarter and it getting funded are gone. Um, just putting like a paragraph in and not doing like a full GDD or at least like the, the start of a GDD, a game design document. Um, those days are just kind of over. Kickstarter is uh, nine years old or about nine years old. It's matured pretty significantly over those last nine years, which means that uh, what is expected of creators on the platform has matured pretty significantly. So uh, we tell people that you need to start doing essentially your community building and letting people know, hey, I'm gonna be doing this Kickstarter. Uh, like three to six months before you actually launch your project. So when you are in a place to launch your project, uh, in terms of like getting noticed, because at any given point we have anywhere between four to 600 live games projects, which is a lot. Uh, so to kind of like weed through all of that noise on Kickstarter, you need to have a community that's saying, hey, we're going to be a part of this with you. We want to we celebrate you. We want to support you. We want to participate in this crazy 30-day party that you're throwing on this crowdfunding <laughs> website with you. After you've thought about the project that you want to actually start crowdfunding and you've put it on Kickstarter, what are the first steps? What you should you be thinking about when it comes to launching the campaign? Yeah, you definitely need a video. There's actually kind of a, it's not a secret formula, but there's like a small formula that's sort of attached to projects. So typically video should be about two to three minutes in length. You want to have sort of the first 30 seconds be uh, the gameplay. You basically need to have gameplay to, to launch a project on Kickstarter, especially in games. Basically in games. Uh, so first 30 seconds should be gameplay. The second 30 seconds should be kind of like who you are. Like, this is, my name is Anya and I am a games creator. And here's my Real Housewives of New York video game. Funded in one day. Funded in one day um, by Sonia Morgan. Okay, I'm the only one that will laugh at that. Um, and then the next 30 seconds should be uh, why you're coming to Kickstarter, right? So that's sort of your like elevator pitch. That's sort of you saying, hey, I want you to be a part of this with me. With your help, we can update our graphics. We can finish this game. We can see this project that I 
really believe in come to life. Um, and then an outro, and that could be pretty much anything, although typically what we see is um, gameplay. Um, a creator that has done a really fantastic job of this is a, a guy by the name of Thomas Brush. He launched two very successful Kickstarter projects, one for a game called Pinstripe and the other called Once Upon a Coma, and he infused a lot of just really beautiful elements into his project. The other side of that though with a video is you definitely don't need to hire like a professional videographer. Like we've seen effective videos from just like an iPhone or just whatever mobile device it is that you're using. Um, I think it's like the Pixel 2. Um, I think that's the, I think that's like an Android phone. Um, I'm an Apple user, so I don't entirely know. But anyway, um, I know that it has some pretty incredible video capabilities on it. So you definitely don't need to like have like special lighting and special camera equipment. It's basically just like conveying your message. But if it is a, like a two minute video of you just sitting like in your room talking to a camera with no gameplay, like you're not really giving me anything. You're not showing me that you've put in the effort so why would I want to also put in like some of my hard-earned money into something that you're also kind of like not meeting me halfway for? Sure, because you're, you're trying to get people not only excited about your project, but about you as a creator, as a developer. There's, you're, you're reaching a new audience of, exactly. of people looking for creative type people. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned the, the creator who had two really, uh, really killer uh, uh, Kickstarters. Uh, did he launch those at the same time? How many projects should a developer be focusing on at once? So you can actually only focus on one project at once on Kickstarter. You can't uh, have two projects going at once. It's, it's a violation of our policy. And we have that for a couple different reasons. Um, one is that you should kind of just be focusing on one project at a time, <laughs> yeah. right? Like just basic sort of stuff. But also what can happen is... Um, you a really big part of Kickstarter is also fulfilling like fulfillment so if you have two video games projects at once like video games and tabletop are very different on Kickstarter and one of the challenges with video games is that it doesn't take like six months to make a video game typically maybe depending on where you are in your development cycle this is a different situation but it it takes a couple of years typically to make a video game so you really should just be focusing on one project at a time um, however if you have a project idea and you launch your project and you're like but i have another idea wait like three to six months that's typically a good amount of time so sure. thomas waited actually two years so he had a i think it was a two-year break yeah it was a two-year break in between his two projects We've seen people launch projects like they they fund a project and then they launch a project two days later. That's a little aggressive, um, <laughs> yeah. but I would say like three to six months is a, is a good amount of time. Once your Kickstarter campaign is live, what should you be thinking about? What's the timeline? What other factors should you be focusing on when it comes to the campaign? So uh, first thing, like I said before, three to six months of outreach in terms of like building your community. There's a formula that we give people. So let's say that, uh, and I might need your calculator. I have my calculator for this just because I'm terrible at math. Never do, never do math live is the rule. Well, I'm doing it live. <laughs> We're doing it live. We're doing it live. <laughs> um, so let's say that you know you need like $50,000 to fund your game, right? You're mm -hmm. like, $50,000 is my funding goal. So take that number and divide it by $20. Why $20? Typically, that's about how much like a video game costs, and that's about the, the average reward tier number that uh, people are going to back for that for video games. It's just like it averages out to that. Each project is different. Some might be 50, some might be 10, some might be 150. It, there's a lot of factors that go into it. The average is about $20. 
So we take that $50,000 and we divide it by 20. That gives you 2,500 people need to pledge to your project at $20 each. You can sort of anticipate like a 1% to 3% conversion rate from any sort of community. So that's like your Twitter followers is about a 1% to 3% conversion. Your Facebook fans or clicks or likes or whatever the heck Facebook is doing these days. I think it's pokes, right? Pokes or... Posts or high fives? I don't oh, know. They gotta, they gotta come out with the Facebook high five. <laughs> um, that also includes things like your mailing list. Typically, though, your mailing list might be a little bit more. Um, so mailing lists are extremely impactful on Kickstarter. So if you don't have a mailing list, uh, have one on your website. Oh, I don't have a website. Cool. Put it on your Twitter. Oh, I don't have a Twitter. Cool. Put it on your Facebook. Oh, I don't have a Facebook. Cool. Put it on your Tumblr. Basically, what I'm saying is there's a lot of resources out there to, for you to really build your community. Two other really great ways to, to build your community and just kind of like dip your hands into different sort of spaces is um, Itch and Game Jolt. Oh. Um, Itch in particular allows you to kind of like, you know, have a demo and really build a community around that demo. So if you have a demo, like let people play it. It doesn't matter if it's not perfect. It doesn't matter like if you're in a weird space with it or not. Like let people play stuff. That's completely fine. Um, so once you've sort of really started ramping up with your community building, the next thing that you want to do is start building your project page. So you go into Kickstarter, you create your account, you do all that fun stuff, and then you really start building your page. Once you're at a point where you've like, you have your account and you start building your page, let me know. <laughs> yes. Cause then you can come talk to me. Make the easiest phone call of your life. Yeah. A-N-Y-A at kickstarter.com. <laughs> we typically say like, the best time to reach out to us is when you're thinking of launching a Kickstarter project. But I think with, with games and especially video games, like it's just kind of built into like what how people fund stuff now. So if you have a project page, like cool, just like create it. That's totally fine. It doesn't need to be in a perfect state for me to see. So as you're going through this whole process of like building your page, reaching out to your community, start really asking your community, like, cool, what is it that I want? Uh, People, people might say stuff like, we want additional levels to your game. Okay, great. How do I do that? Do I need to add that into my funding goal? What's, what's the process of me doing that? And then once you have all of that stuff in place, and again, this is a very abridged version. There's more sort of like specific steps here, but just for time purposes, because I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> so then you would launch your Kickstarter project. So now your Kickstarter project is live. That means I just get to sit back and watch that money roll in. Yeah, what are updates? Yeah. Oh, also, you should probably have like the first three or four updates to your campaign ready. Um, because what typically happens is there'll be questions that you don't anticipate coming in. Um, so you want to have those first couple of updates just ready to go because games is a very unique category in the sense that games cre uh, the games community basically expects creators to update their their uh, campaign every other day. Oh my goodness. So that's a lot of writing. That's a lot of information. And that doesn't mean that you need to have like dissertations in your updates. It could be even like, we launched, yay. We're 30% funded, yay. But having those just kind of in your back pocket makes things a lot easier. Yeah, and your backers, the, the community kind of wants to know that you're still alive, still plugging away on this project. Well, they want to see that you're doing the work, yeah, right? Because if yeah. you just kind of sit back and you're like, well, I'm doing it behind the scenes, like that's great, but nobody can actually see you. Throughout your Kickstarter campaign, how exactly does the funding process work? And when will you make the most money? There's a lot of misinformation out there about Kickstarter, and I can see why there are certain uh, rumors or misguided tips. I understand where they're coming from. So I'm happy to dispel some of these myths right here Let's today. Let's do it. We're myth busting. <laughs> um, so 
Uh, in terms of spikes in traffic, so typically what you'll see is the first like 72 hours, so about the first three days, you most likely will have a big spike in funding. What happens after that is something called the project plateau. And that basically within a 30-day campaign period is over 20 days of a plateau. That's where your project might see a couple pledges come in, but it's not gonna be as rambunctious as like the first three days. This is the time when people start thinking like, I need to cancel my project, or one of the one of the worst things that I hear is like, oh, if you don't fund within the first three days, your project has failed, mm-hmm. or your, your project's not gonna fund. If that was the case, we would tell people to run three-day projects. Sure. You know, there's we say 30 day, 30 to 35 days for a very specific reason. And that's just based on a lot of research that we've done. So typically what will happen is once that project plateau period has ended, that will take you into about the last, like, 72 to 48 hours. You typically see it starting at the last 70, 72 hours, but really it starts to happen at the last 48. And that will be when you see another huge spike in pledges. That's for a lot of different reasons. Um, the biggest being on Kickstarter, there's a big green button underneath the pledge button that says remind me. And basically what that does is when you click on that remind me button, it's you're telling us Kickstarter that we're going to send you an email uh, the last 48 hours of a campaign. So that means that uh, the last, like, okay, the, the campaign's been running for 28 days and it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to end in 48 hours. So we'll send an email to a potential backer and say, hey, this project only has 48 hours left. It's time to back the project. Um, that's the most common reason uh, there's a big spike. There's, <laughs> I've heard a lot of different reasons as to why people wait to back at the last minute sometimes it's just like it's almost like fun for people they're like oh is it gonna fund i don't know let's see what happens yeah um so they'll then they'll like come they'll swoop in at the last minute and be like the hero of the day um i've also heard like oh i need to wait like depending like let's say that your project ends at the end of a month um i've heard from a lot of people I, ha- I can't pledge the project yet because sure. I need to know if my bills are going to go through. Yeah, I need to know if my rent's going to be paid. Yeah, payday. Yeah. It's payday. Yeah. Or, yeah, I need to wait to see if my paycheck is going to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, my absolute favorite reason someone either had to wait until the last minute or just couldn't back for whatever reason was, quote, uh, actually, he did end up backing. My wife let me back this project. Like, he literally <laughs> had to check in with his wife, who I guess, like, managed their finances. So that's that's definitely pretty common. Now, when it comes to canceling projects, here's the thing. There's a lot of different reasons why someone would cancel a project. Perhaps you found a publisher who said, hey, I'm willing to publish this, this game, but in order for us to do that, we need you to cancel your project. That is a very rare case. Typically, publishers don't tell people they need to cancel their project in order to publish the game mm-hmm. because... Publishers basically come in and they see interest in Kickstarter projects because what happens when you have a successful Kickstarter or what happens when you have a Kickstarter that has a community behind it, regardless if you fund or not, you have a community. You have people who are saying, hey, I want to be a part of this. Publishers eat that up. So one scenario. Second scenario that I see, which is very typical. Oh, I'm probably not going to fund. Okay, so if you don't fund... That doesn't mean that you have a failed Kickstarter. That means you have a project that didn't fund. That is all that it means. A failed Kickstarter to me is someone runs a Kickstarter project and let's say they do fund, but they didn't learn anything. Yeah. That is that that is the worst thing that can happen. So to me, like this this whole quote idea of a failed Kickstarter is exceptionally rare and it's only when people run projects and they haven't learned anything. The other side of this is 
let's say that you didn't fund your first time around, it's actually really interesting. What we've seen is that there's actually sometimes an advantage to not funding your first time around. And what I mean by that is maybe your first time coming to Kickstarter, you just kind of weren't ready, right? You didn't build your community, your demo wasn't ready for whatever reason. But that means that you've built a community behind you of people who, you know, let's say that you made it to like 70%. That's that's a that's a pretty good number. That's a couple hundred people that have said, hey, I want to be a part of this with you. And typically that's not just like your mom and your family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's a, that's a wide range of people that are like, I don't know what sure. this is or I've been following you. And the-, the other side of this is uh, if you relaunch your project, the advantage of having a project that maybe didn't fund your first time around is now you have a community of people. You have people that are excited. You have people that want to participate. You have people that are saying, hey, I believe in this. I want to be a part of this with you, which is pretty cool. I've also heard weird rumors of like, oh, you need to fund on the first day. Again, if that was the case, you know, we would tell people to run a one-day project. And actually, the numbers behind it even say that 75% of games projects don't fund within the first two days. So you're okay. It's scary. Um, One of the things that happened this year in April was there was a huge video games project on Kickstarter um, by Swery called The Good Life. And I think he was at like 30%. He was just sitting at that 30%. And then he went up to 50%. And he ran a 45-day campaign. And he ended up funding the last week of the project. It took... And he was putting in the work, too. He was going to conventions. He was showing off. I had, I think, on average, I had about 15 emails from him a day. So he worked his ass off. And, and this he, is sweary, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it happens, and, and, and it's okay. So anyway, long story short, it's okay if you don't fund your first time around. You're not a failure by any means. If anything, sometimes it's actually more of a positive thing. Mm-hmm. In her final set of advice, Anya talks about how stretch goals and backer tier rewards work. Then at the end, she talks about where you can find her and more information about Kickstarter. Don't launch with stretch goals. Oh, Okay. That's Don't interesting. ever launch with stretch goals. Stretch goals should be an incentive. Stretch goals actually were created for crowdfunding because of Kickstarter. Sure. So stretch goals are basically, um, your stretch goals also shouldn't be things like everyone gets a t-shirt. Like that's going to be so expensive for shipping and stuff like that. Stretch goals should be some way to enhance the game a little bit more. So you actually don't want to launch with stretch goals. If you do want to do stretch goals and what I, what I mean by don't launch with stretch goals is when you, when you actually like push your project live, you shouldn't have any stretch goals on that page. When you meet your initial funding goal, then you can roll out stretch goals. Stretch goals can actually hurt your project sometimes uh, more than actually help. Mm-hmm. So typically that's something like, oh, well, we'll do Switch as a stretch goal. You're going to get that's a lot so of... expensive. <laughs> well, not only that, but like you need to have a conversation with Nintendo. You yeah. can't really promise stuff like that. And yeah. then on top of that, like Switch is so popular right now, especially with indie games, that the community is going to say to you, like, well, how come... Why didn't you think about this in the first place? Like, we yeah. want this game on, on Switch. Um, so don't 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 launch your project with stretch goals. Like just don't do that. <laughs> Are there any goals or awards that have sort of fit into that nice that nice niche of being community really responds really well to it, but also it's fairly easy for the creator to implement? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the lower tier reward tiers, so something like um, for $2, like you get a shout out or something like that on social media, which is like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, a lot. What's really popular, this was actually, um, I know it's a controversial game, but Mighty Number no. 9 sort of has a beautiful history with that. They have four hours yeah, of... the giant credit scene. Right? Yeah, yeah, and so having your it's name like in the credits for like five, you know, for $5 reward tier is great. The other thing that's really interesting with um, backer updates is that uh, creators can actually set in the back end of things 
uh, updates that only backers see. So for two dollars, you sort of oh, are yeah. getting like access. You're sort of you're sort of subscribing for thirty days to a project. Yeah, um, which is kind of cool. And then like typically though, again, like I said, if your goal is fifty thousand dollars, we divide that by twenty because what's most likely going to be the most popular reward tier? The game. Yeah, for for sure. Yeah. Well, Anya, thank you so much for sitting down and doing this with us. Uh, I, I look forward to seeing you at conventions and also every day of my life. Uh, <laughs> what's the, what's the best way for uh, people to follow you uh, or follow uh, Kickstarter for updates? Yeah, there's a couple different ways. Um, we have two email addresses. If you want to email me directly, my email is Anya, that's A-N-Y-A, at kickstarter.com. Or we just have a general games at email. That's just games at kickstarter.com. Um, I'm also, uh, it's funny, I do a lot of work on Twitter just in terms of like talking to games creators. So if you want to just send me a tweet or a message, I all my DMs are open. Please be respectful. <laughs> <laughs> my Twitter is um, A-N-Y-A-Y-N-A. So Anya forward and backwards. It's Anya is a palindrome. So. It's so clever. It's... It took me so long to figure that out. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the show. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, please rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Enhance My App. If you are currently building a mobile app, head on over to Enhance.co, where we make it easy to integrate in advertisements, analytics, push notifications, and payment services into your mobile app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.